Hello there, pudding people. And we are back again today with a wonderful discussion on some fun stuff. We're here with your host, I'm Richard Geiger. We've got Mr. Ken Seymour sitting right across from me today. Right at you. And our discussion today is something that I think impacts most people's lives every single day. We are here to talk about which is better, tile floors or carpet. Now, personally, I wanted to add in rubber flooring just because of the craziness that happens around my house all the time. Mm, but Safety first, yes. But, you know, we had to narrow it down just a little bit. Oh, wait. No. Oh, yes. Okay. So That was next week. That's next week. That's next week. Okay. We are here to discuss, in very generic general terms, the best TV shows, our favorite TV shows. Yeah, no, no specific genre. We thought about dividing it up into sci-fi or fantasy or procedural or whatever, because there are so many good shows. And how can you really say what is the best? So we decided to not do any of that, but also not really rank anything. We'll leave it open that if we decide, okay, these are the absolute best of a very specific type. Later on, we'll get to it. But uh, it's very possible, and we might grab a couple of specific categories that we like more show like more of our favorites fall into that one or two category range Certainly. just go a couple episodes and dig a little deeper in those or maybe even maybe maybe a time frame we mentioned briefly maybe trying to do hey our shows from the 90s but we'll see how that goes maybe we get a little feedback um let us know what you think and we can dig a little deeper into those other subjects Definitely. So uh, without further ado, some basics. Obviously, we're going to be talking about certain elements, whether it's the, uh, the actor or the plot. We're going to have some that are current and some, a lot of them that they're already finished. If you haven't seen them by now. Specific uh, times on specific days of the week, and you had to watch them at those times. Unless you happen to have a VCR that you could set at the time to record it, and so on and so forth. Um, Seinfeld, I actually have argued in many in, in many respects, if there was no Seinfeld, there would be no friends because Seinfeld was so popular that friends got stuck in the prime spot right behind it. So when this was over, people stuck around and watched friends and friends stuck around for long enough to gain the popularity. Seinfeld uh, went away right when friends was just started to, to well that's it. that's Friends super. Isn't one of my favorite shows at all I don't know by that but seinfeld i think seinfeld didn't create didn't yeah. spawn but it, it kind of made well and that's super important too because most shows take a season or two to really get their footing and to be able to 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 engage the audience and get them invested and it's like I've got some history so when you bring up whatever plot even if it's in just a sitcom it has more resonance it has more history it has all that stuff to go along with it so yeah. it can mean something more so yeah I, I can definitely see how that would have benefited friends uh, but what about the show really called to you why is it on your list because it's a show about nothing that's right up my alley just all the randomness we talked briefly before we started recording and we'll touch on this a lot on a lot of the shows that we have on our list here is that if there's something on that show that pop like it's you're flipping through tv stations maybe you're on netflix wherever you're at and like that show is on there like oh yeah i could watch that show you watch every episode of that show no even if it's got 
200, 300, whatever episodes, and you know half of them. You know the all the little intricacies about the characters, and you know all that stuff. And if it did, if it's on, you're like, yes, I'll watch it. Even though you're not intending to watch it, you'll watch it. And right now, this show is stuck in my recommended for you YouTube clips, and there's just all these four or five minute clips because I always watch them and they just keep popping up. I know what you mean. I get that with comedians a lot. I'll, I'll keep getting the same about 20 to 30 comedians that will pop up in my YouTube clips every so often because that's just, they're funny and you just don't get tired of them. Yeah. And this, I mean, this show's heyday was in the nineties and I, I, I can't think that a lot of this, a lot of the material that's in this, I think, still is funny today because it's just a lot of general observations about how people interact with each other and why people interact with each other. And not all of it translates to today, but I think a lot of it still is funny and relevant today. I think part of its strength is also part of its weakness, and it's just in the way that... Um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld and the other writers of the show put things together. You're talking about how it has kind of this life beyond because it's, it's looking at human interaction, but it's looking at it on a very surface way. It never really digs deep into anything. Uh, not really. I mean, there are always exceptions, but I, for all of the episodes that I saw, and I can't say I've seen every episode of Seinfeld. I've, I've probably seen at least half, if not more. Um, they they don't really. I mean, it's all superficial. It's, it's just a show about nothing. Yeah, it's it a is. show about it. So, but because it's superficial, not only does it it last, it just it never resonated with me because of that because you're just touching on you're just touching on some of the most inconsequential stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I it's it's you know it's mildly amusing, but it's not going to it's not going to make me go back and watch it again. And. Side note on this one, of course, Larry David was one of the main hmm. writers on that. He's got his own show on HBO that's been going on forever, Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's very similar. It's it's different, but it's very, very, very similar. So if you like Seinfeld, you would like Curb Your Enthusiasm also. May I explain why I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's start mine off with, uh, with something... Something easy, something that might be able to resonate with some of the listeners, because I have a funny feeling I'm going to, I'm going to dip into some shows that people are either going to not be familiar with, or if they are familiar with it, they'll just go, oh, what a geek. Um, but uh, let's start with one that is very popular with a lot of people. Um, and I'm going to do kind of two shows with this, because they're both linked, and they're very different, but they're in the same universe, and I didn't... Well, I wanted to cheat because I like both of the shows quite a bit. And that's uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Um, I mean, really, uh, there, there are so many people that have watched this show up until this point. Brian Cranston, just fantastic. The entire cast, really, just did did a wonderful job uh, with uh, with making this show. I, I, I can't remember, Richard. Have you seen this either of these shows? I have seen the first episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> and, okay, so let me preface this by saying this show was over-completed off the air, and Better Call Saul was probably in 
I don't know, a season or two seasons into it, I was like, I want to watch this show. So I hear so many people talking about it, and it's so good, and I don't doubt that it's good. Like, it's probably really good. I watched the first episode, and everybody told me, like, the first half of the first season takes a little bit to get into. It definitely does. Um, And maybe, maybe I've seen the first two episodes. And it's not that I just didn't get into it. It's just... And not that it didn't draw me in, I, it, it probably like I started watching it and then just plain and simple stopped. I've had a pretty good stretch run here where I haven't watched really any TV at all. So I think that hit right in that stretch run. And eventually I'll go back to it. I really want to see, I really want to see it, but it's, there's a lot of, there's, that's a lot of TV to sit and watch. Man. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. lot of TV. Well, the thing about it, to me, that that the reason it has to hit in my top ten, uh, I had I was going starting to write out and getting closer to twenty to thirty shows, and I had to stop. So I know I'm missing some that I probably oh, yeah, gonna, we, are, we are definitely I'm going to kick myself some, some shows. But one of the reasons that I think it for me is it, it to me it's a an an example of the skill of the writing. There is not a single character on Breaking Bad that I like. Not really, with the exception of Saul, the, the attorney. And if you the couple that I kinda like, you kinda I kinda kick myself for liking. None of them are good people. They all make just massive mistakes or are just annoying on their own. But together and with the plot that it's in, it somehow works. And you, you can be invested in them. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you, the you know um, uh, Walter White is just it's it's about a man that loses loses his mind over the course of these seasons, just becomes this terrible, terrible person uh, that fools himself into thinking what he wants to think. His wife is an accomplice and tries to, when, you know, is unaware in quotation marks of what's going on. And when she becomes aware is complicit in it and she's just shrewish and awful and his son is whiny and never developed well. <clears throat> the one interesting thing is his his cohort uh, that Aaron Aaron Paul yeah, Aaron Paul uh, the Jesse Pinkman character is just uh, just a joker and not exactly unmotivated, but he's just he's always skated by. But the two of them together form this weird father son relationship that neither of them really had otherwise. Uh, you know, mentor and pupil kind of a thing. And you know Bob Odenkirk, man, that dude can can do funny in 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 a way that that fits in a drama, you know, really well. I mean, part of it's the writing, but it's right. his delivery of it that works, and why he got his own show that 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 and that kind of that kind of thing. It's just fantastic. Jonathan Banks, uh, just this grumpy dude that you one of the few that you really kind of start getting behind and rooting for in a lot of ways and. When they did Better Call Saul, one of the things that just made me, you know, I was already going to watch it, but then got me excited about it afterwards was um, seeing that uh, uh, Michael McKean was going to be in it. And 
dude is one of my favorite actors, even in the the B movies that he's in and in the kind of the silly stuff that he's been in. He's always good. He is a shining spot in everything. And you always kind of expect a certain level of kind of humor. It's like, you know, this is Spinal Tap and Clue and all that. And he is not that in Better Call Saul. He has his own show on, uh, gosh, the Food Network. Cooking, the cooking channel. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the it's just kind of and even and the the second show is is I think as solid as the first, but has a very different feel because it's a different kind of a story. Um, Whereas Walter White is uh, the man who compromises his principles because of wanting power. Saul is a man that compromises his principles for entirely different reasons and for the most part, very good reasons at first. At first, yeah. It just so, evolves after that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. All right, so I went from the top of my list. I'm going to go to the bottom. We'll just keep going back and forth here. Uh, why don't we throw in... Okay, so I've got on my list. I had... It was, a, it was a tie for me to leave this one or one other one on the list. I just said, let's do it. Uh, I've got Beavis and Butthead on my list here. You are a connoisseur. Mm. <laughs> that is some fine television there. It's just so dumb. Yes, it is. That's what made it wonderful. So, so dumb that it made it just amazing. Um, I, we mentioned it in one of our previous podcasts. One of my favorite bands was Guar. Uh, one of my, the ways that I even ever heard about that band is from Beavis and Butthead. That makes sense. Uh, they did one of their little musical interludes, and I'm like, what is that band? And from there on, good to go. But it's just, they had, that That was the other aspect I think was so underrated about that, is that it was a show that was on MTV, which at that time really technically still was music, music television. Mm-hmm. So not only was Beavis and Butthead just so dumb, and Mike Judge is spot on with a lot of the stuff that he does. Definitely. But the music interludes that were in there, like, what is that band? What is that band? And the little things would pop up on there and tell you what that band was and what that song was. I'm like, cool, that that sounds cool. Then you could go and dig in and, and find more information about that particular band. Some of those bands were really bad, of course. Oh, sure. But that was the point. And just the characters are so dumb, and the movie is great. It's so dumb. (laughs) And we were so, they brought back just this little snippet of it here recently. All new episodes, just like 10 new episodes. I completely missed that. Gosh, I want to say within the last five years, they did that. And it was just like, this is amazing because they're bringing back just the small, it's just a teaser bit of new episodes for it. So it's, it doesn't take much to watch them. They're usually they're short, short clips. Yeah. Doesn't take much brain power to watch them. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Is this, is this another, another show about nothing? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, it's about TP for your bunghole. That's about, uh, about as concise as we can put it right so if you if you hear the voices 
you don't need to see anything. No, no. You hear the voice. You hear one. You hear the other. You know exactly what it is. You know exactly what it is. If you hear supporting cast members, mm-hmm. you you know what that show is because I feel like most everybody that's our age has watched some of it, and some people absolutely hate it, and some people just just dig it. Well, even even if you were not of the age to have watched that, King of the Hill came on after that and had the same same voices. Yeah. So oh, yeah. for that was on for what seven. Years, oh, eight years, even longer than that. It, it was on for a long time, and went went away. And they wanted to bring it back. I thought too. Yeah, uh, but I, I and so the, Hank Hill's voice is the exact same voice that the uh, older gentleman the has neighbor, and yeah. the neighbor. And it's well, it's the same art too. It's the same guy. <laughs> it's the same, yes, it's the it's the same guy. It's uh, the same guy. I the the mood. The, movie, the the TV show was so good that they made a movie and made profit off of the movie. Like, that's, I, I don't know, that's not always a sign, no. right? But if it was good enough that, like, shoot, you know, we can throw together something real quick and people are going to go watch us in a movie theater and make money off of it. It's amazing and slightly depressing at the same time. At the time. same time, yep. I have the soundtrack to that movie, actually, because there's it's, it's got some good it's bands. actually on. a pretty decent soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I can't really. You can't really detail anything with the seasons or the progression or any of that stuff. Cause there's, there's no plot. There's nothing to follow in it. It's just you could sit down anytime and watch an episode. And it, to me, even today, it's just it just cracks me up every time I watch any any one of those stupid episodes. I don't know. That's that's my two cents. Okay, so you've gone with two comedies, and I I went with something very dark. So, how about I come back around and go with something funny? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is one that uh, a ton of people you know, really loved, and it has some enduring power. And I think it probably ended, well, no, probably about it. It definitely ended one season later than it should have. Uh, but that is Scrubs. Mm. Um, is that on your list? It's crossed off on my crossed list. Crossed off on I your didn't list. Quite make it didn't quite make my it. 10, but it's on there. Well, I, it, it goes in my 10 for a couple different reasons. First of all, again, it's bite sized. Talking about the kind of similar in the sense of the Beavis and Butthead. It, you don't get a lot of television shows anymore that are in the half an hour kind of length because it's really hard to tell a story in a half an hour. It has to be generally really episodic or, uh, uh, or it doesn't convey much of anything you can't have subplots, you would think. But Scrubs did it every week. They would always have a main story and a secondary story. And in some respects, yeah, it's kind of formulaic. But what are you going to do with half an hour? You've got to have you got to have some sort of um, almost ritualistic nature to it, so people can can kind of adapt and and like it. Um, but the characters were all rich, especially by the end. They, and they all had their own parts, their yeah. own stories to tell, and you could focus. And as they and they did. They could always you could go through a whole season, and they would give you episodes focused strictly on one of those characters that was either a main character or a side character. Like you could have yeah. a whole episode based on that character and what they were doing. And if you even if you look at it from an an acting standpoint, if you watch a show now, 
I, I how I see all those people are like that person was in Scrubs. That person was in Scrubs. Like yeah. you recognize all the faces that are in Scrubs in other people's in other TV shows that are out there. And John C. McGinley has always been kind of all like he's spot on for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. But, he's awesome. But the whole and, and you're right about the they stretched it on the last season. Maybe a money grab, maybe not. Maybe it was a popularity a, thing. It was a money grab. But the whole, that's another one. I don't, blame, I don't blame them for it, though. You know, if it's 11 o'clock at night and you're flipping through channels and that happens to be on, you can stick with it and you can watch it and it's funny. It's funny today. Well, you know why the seventh season was, uh, seventh season, is that right? Well, the last season. You know why the last season was so bad? It wasn't on NBC. No, it wasn't. The problem was it was pretty good. But it was coming off of superb. So, expectations. Yeah, the expectations were really high. The cast was different. It had a good cast going into it. It took some of the existing cast members that were primary, it took some of the secondary characters and put them into primary roles, added in some good actors. They were good. They just weren't as good. The, the, it didn't gel the same. It needed that same kind of time to develop. Maybe not quite the same time because it had some of the existing characters, but it still needed some time to develop and just never really got it. Now, couple that with the fact that the previous season finale was fantastic. It is still in my mind, if not the best, one of the best endings to a television show ever. It it's I mean because that was one of the things that really got me. It's a comedy, but it could tear jerk when it really when wanted to, to. Yep. and that that season finale was a tear jerker for sure, uh, and it's something that everyone could relate to. I mean, not everyone's a doctor, but everybody goes through that point where they've got that major change in their life, and they're saying goodbye to the old and coming into the new, and that that hits. The way they dealt with death hits. The way that they brought in. Um, Secondary, you know, special guests. You know, Brendan Fraser was in several episodes, and he was excellent. Uh, Colin Farrell was in an episode, and he was excellent. I still remember that episode. Well, that see, I, I think this all kind of goes back to the NBC show, NBC shows in general, because you had this dominance by NBC for about twenty years, because they had Seinfeld for the '90s, they had Friends for '90s to 2000s, they had Scrubs for. 2000 to 2010 yeah. and each one of those there, there's always that episode that brought in somebody that you like today you recognize them as a very famous semi-famous or a well-known actor or actress in a tv show or a movie so they in some small instances were launching points for better careers for people definitely so and i i just like you're saying another show if it comes on i'm gonna watch it yeah yeah I, yeah no that's a good show no qualms about that one at all. All right, back so to you. Had two comedies, and that's it from a list from a funny. Stuff. No more funny stuff. Uh, there is a there is a pretty strong on most of these other ones here a pretty strong connection from let's call it how you viewed it or where you viewed it. But I will start with one. I'll start with one more here that I think you're you'll get behind with me on this one too. And it's actually on my list. Yep, it's the last one that's on a traditional network television. Ah, okay. Um, and this is Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, very nice. That one didn't quite make my list. Yeah. But I can definitely get behind you on that one. Uh, I, when that show, 
was on, and this was also in a time frame referencing Seinfeld, when there were only, for me anyway, there was only access to a handful of channels, and they were all NBC, CBS, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Next Generation was something that I always look forward to watching. Agreed. Um, I just enjoyed Star Trek, that whole atmosphere in general. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed everything that they did and the missions and the setup and the two-part episodes that they would have and it just went from season to season and people came and people went and there's people on there that are famous now that weren't famous then and it spawned a whole bunch of movies and we were all about going to watch the movies and the movie theater because like hey star trek next generation and movies yes yes absolutely so uh arguably the best of the Star Trek uh, movies, uh, First Contact. I, I, I of the Star Trek movies, I cannot disagree with that one. I, I think First Contact is my favorite of them. Yeah, easily. But just the whole, I, I don't know it in that time frame. It's not like it was real special effects heavy. That's not it at all. It's very practical effects heavy. Um, some of the special effects they had were real. Cheesy. cheesy. Um, Not like original series cheesy, but yes, cheesy. It's still cheesy, but gosh, that just carried. Like, it, it's it's another one of those, if an episode is on, because it's always it's almost always on like BBC America, hmm. and you flip through the channels, and it, you're half hour deep into it already, and you get to it like, yeah, I can watch the last half hour. I don't even know what went. I don't need to know the first half because I remember half the stuff that went on. So I know what's going on. It's good, it's good in so many ways. It's it's um, episodic. So you don't have to really know what came before it for the most part. I mean, there's some some development, but not a ton of character development, not a ton of story development. It's mostly to do with the expanding universe for the most part. Yeah, Cardassians are introduced at some point. So now there are Cardassians, and you're going to remember that going forward. Things like that. But nothing that kind of... Um, kind of necessitates you, oh, I completely missed this section of the season. I better go back and watch that because I'm completely lost now. just didn't happen. Um, I also like the fact, just the way Gene Roddenberry approached certain things, he was very much about not only telling a story, but making sure that the story had some sort of point like to underlying it. Yeah. message or something to it. Which is yeah. one of the reasons that I always like Star Trek over Star Wars because I didn't feel that Star Wars had that. It was it was much more of a we're going to blow some stuff up in space and there were some muppets. Love turns to hate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what Star Wars was. Really. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, about it. I never watched the original Star Trek Series. I don't even know if I watched any of the original Star Trek movies. Oh, from from that. Oh, I've seen them. No, that's not it. Oh, okay. Is before I started watching the next. Generation. Oh, okay, okay. After I started watching the next generation, then of course I went back and watched the the movies, the original movies, like the original TV show. No, man, I, I've I've seen maybe one, two episodes of the original Star Trek TV show. The Next Generation had me hooked. I was like, yeah, I don't want to go back and see those things. That's just my, my stubbornness. Stick mm. with me. I know all the characters in the original ones, and I get their relationships. I just never cared to go back to watch those. And I watched 
the ones after. You know, I watched a lot of Deep Space Nine. I watched a lot of that one. I enjoyed that one, too. But this was the one that kind of got me stuck on it. See, now, I did watch some of the original series. It was still much older than me. But um, the thing that got me, the first good movie in my mind, well, let me rephrase that. That's, that's probably not accurate. The first movie that really made me go, wow, I want to go see movies in the theater that I saw was uh, Star Trek Four. So that was the original cast. That Und- was, was un- Undiscovered Country? No, that was The Voyage Home. Oh, with the whales. With the whales. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, you know, super cheesy. But it's, oh, yeah. it was so good <laughs> in so many ways. And, and that's what got me there. So when The Next Generation came on, it's like, oh, wow, I've seen the original series now. And I've seen all of the original Star Trek movies. And I'm seeing the, the original worlds that were created in the universe and then the development on top of that. And it was, oh, it, it had me. It, it hooked me real quick. It has not aged the best in a lot of ways. But it's still really good. The, the finale to that show. Also fantastic. The Q character is so much fun. And any time that he's trying to teach some sort of a lesson, it's always really interesting. And some of the best episodes were the ones that he was in. And Jean-Luc Picard, returning to Star Trek. Yes, he is. Uh, that is... I've been reading the details of it. I just know he's... Potentially right. exciting. I, I haven't watched any Discovery yet. I'm so behind on so many things. I don't know when I'm ever going to catch back up. All right, so you've got. Well, let's stay on the Star Trek. I wasn't. I wasn't going to go here because this is. This is kind of in my mind. If this, it's really hard for me to have a favorite show, but this is close to it. Um, You're talking about watching Deep Space Nine. In my mind, that is the best Star Trek show, and it is like. It would factor into my top 10 shows of all time if I had the appropriate time to really dig into it, no matter what. It will be there because it is it is a masterpiece well, in my mind. Well, it's set in a world that we both enjoy. Yes. Plain and simple. Like It's set in that world. And I think this one, having not invested the, the time in it like you have from a, almost an outside perspective, I feel like it's more story-driven. Oh, it way, way is. driven, right? Yes. You know, there's more behind it than just here to here to here, right? There's there's more build. There's more investment in it. It suffered a lot when it aired. It didn't get the same kind of response that the next generation did because it wasn't episodic. And if you did miss a couple of episodes after the first season, for the most part, if you watched the first season, you were fine. It was still pretty episodic. But as soon as you hit that second season, if you missed some stuff, you're behind. You're going to have to go catch up. And you would generally be happy for doing so because... It is by far the best of the Star Trek shows in terms of character development. You see much better changes to characters from the beginning to the end of the show. Uh, It's definitely better in terms of the way that it approaches, I think, the universe. Now, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Roddenberry did not, to my memory, did not like the way that they were approaching some of what they were doing with Deep Space Nine because it wasn't as shiny and happy as he wanted Starfleet to be. be. Yeah, But I think it's much more realistic because even as we 
even as we would progress as a species in my mind, we're still going to have to face those problems, those questions. They aren't going to go away. That's just part of who we are. And that's how they, they dealt with it on this on this space station where there's differences of opinion on politics and differences of opinion on religion and differences of opinion and just a whole host of different subjects and how everybody is getting along or not getting along and dealing with a war that's constantly shifting. And it's just, it's so good. And I think one of the issues that we, if we kind of, Put the pieces together that you mentioned. Like if you miss a couple of the episodes, you're kind of missing out on future episodes after that. Yeah. This was still in a time frame where hopefully you had a VCR. Yeah. Or if you didn't record it, when are you going to watch episode five of season three in the future? Yeah. You can't just go online and watch it. You you can't just reference it somewhere else. You're either stuck. Or you're waiting for it to be played again. How do you know when that episode gets played again? So, like, it was just not, it was a different time frame and trying to keep up with week to week series, you know. And it's kind of, it's one of those things, you know, whenever you get together with friends and, and, and if you do things like watch movies together or watch television shows together, a lot of times you'll want to share your favorite stuff with them. They share their favorite stuff with you, and you hopefully catch something that you didn't see before. And anytime I get together with friends and we start watching things over a period of time, I will play In the Pale Moonlight from Deep Space Nine. Even if you've never seen anything else, I'll give a little preface on the plot if they haven't seen it, because I'll only show it if they haven't seen it. But it is one of the... One of the most amazing, in my mind, pieces of writing for a television episode that I've seen on anything. And it's not just, the thing is, it so outstrips the genre that it's in. I mean, it's definitely sci-fi. It's definitely a drama. But it it addresses human nature and how you react when you're in a position of stress and desperation. What are you willing to sacrifice to save the lives of the people that you care about. What is it? Are you willing to sacrifice friendships? Are you willing to sacrifice dignity? Are you willing to sacrifice the lives of people that you care less about for the ones that you care more about? All this... All uh, this jam-packed into an innocent-looking Star Trek series. It is so good. (laughs) And I love Avery books. And people say, oh, is it it Picard or is it Kirk? Who's the best captain? No. It's 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 definitely Cisco, and uh, because he has more depth. I mean, Kirk, you know, he went he went to different worlds and he slept with a lot of ladies and had adventures. And Picard went to a lot of worlds and uh, cried a lot. And and, and he experienced was, loss. He experienced loss, but uh, turned into a part cyborg. But Cisco was the the most badass. Of all of them, easily. I mean, just, no, I'm not even going to go. We could have an entire episode where I just talk about Deep Space Nine because it's so good. Okay, so I talked about network stuff. Now I'm going to shift on here. Pretty much all my other selections here, besides one, are not traditional network television shows. I'll pick one from the list here. Uh, I think we went from. I gotta go back up to the top, so I'm gonna go with uh, Sopranos. Oh, 
Solid. Yeah, so the Sopranos was... That was right about the time frame. So that was, what, early 2000s. HBO had some shows before that that were really good. We never watched them. And still to this day, I haven't watched a lot of those shows. But this was the one that I think really took watching a one-hour show. When you're watch- when you're used to watching a one-hour show... <laughs> that is more like a movie than a one-hour show. This is where it really started off with, because you have things that you can do on television that you can't do on any other television show hmm. because it's on HBO. HBO. And this this is kind of what started that type of television deliverance. You mean like holding an episode, or at least portions of the episode, where their favorite place to meet is in a strip club? Yes. Um... <laughs> That happened quite a bit, actually. Yes, it did. Um, just all the stuff that you want in freedom, as a freedom of creation, that you can't do the bad words, the the bad actions, the blood, the the nudity, the whatever it is. And it's not like this stuff was just... It wasn't whatever, a focus, whatever. yeah. It was a thing that built the whole universe. And there was always that twist. I mean, gosh, when the seasons ended, what happened to these people who got killed, who got... I mean, it just... It started the whole... I kind of feel like it started the whole, oh, my God, I'm invested in this season. And the seasons weren't like they were 12, 20, 50 episodes long. You know, if we want to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, it's like 20 episodes long. Yeah. That's not the case. These HBO TV shows are like 8 episodes, 10 episodes per season and you're really invested for that hour maybe hour and ten and when you get that cliffhanger at the end of the season you're just like i gotta wait another year before i see what happens on this stuff (laughs) and that's i know what happened before that but this is what really i think picked up that type of television show and that type of genre because you got like you got invested in I don't know about you, the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. These were the bad guys. And you were invested in what happened, how it happened, how they got away with the stuff. Like, it's just, it's so good. I, I, it, it's hard to describe. It's one of those shows that I, I can understand why people like it. It never clicked with me. I tried watching it, and um, it just, it, it that's that's really all it was. I could see that the, the way they put it together was good. The writing was good. Uh, the characters were, maybe that's where it was for me. I, I felt the characters were a little weak. I, they're stereotypical in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I didn't feel that their development was great, and it suffered from what a lot of shows do. There's a lot of yo-yoing uh, going back and forth. Maybe there's a, no, no, he's back to the way he was. Maybe he's got, no, he goes back to the way he was. Now it's, it's that, a will they, won't they kind of a thing. But see, you're right. You got that in, in the first one, but that, that goes back to what you had mentioned, building that world, building that yeah. resume for that world. And it's hard to really judge it on the first season. Hmm. And they cleaned up some of the bits and they, Got rid of some of the annoying, annoying stuff. I mean, there's characters in this one that like are just so annoying, 
and you want something to happen to him. You're rooting <laughs> for something to happen to This him. person needs to die. And it comes from expected places sometimes, right? Mm. And sometimes it just never happens. And that's the beauty of it, right? You're just like, you never know in certain, in certain scenarios what turn that TV show or those episodes are going to take. Like, you're like, yeah, someone's going to die. They always do in this season. And it ends up being the other person that you didn't think. Like, okay. And you thought this one person was going to die. He should have died. Should have died. He should have died. Man, that dude's a jerk. He needs to die. And he never, and he never does. And all of a sudden, it's like the most ex- unexpected thing comes to a head. And then, boom. Like, yes. Like that's, <laughs> it's about time. That's about time. Yeah. So it... You get, I think you really get invested in that hour-long show in this type of setting, with this type of money, with this type of... It's a, it's a 10-hour movie. And that's, that's hard to replicate on a half-hour show on NBC. No, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Well, I, I, definitely, I definitely get that. Um, now, I don't have the same kind of breakdown as you. I was looking at my list and looking at those things that are not on traditional television channels. Now, I don't know if AMC counts as a traditional television channel. Well, see, that's, that's what's kind of thinking, because in a sense it's not, but in a sense it is. It's kind of in the middle ground, because they've really stepped up their game in the last you know 10 years or so. See, out of, my, out of my list of 10, only one of them is not on a major network or on a, like, AMC sort of a thing. Yeah. So... That's a good uh, mix, then. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely get some back and forth. Maybe I maybe I like more standard fare. Who knows? Um, let's go with something a little more out there instead. So this was not a show that was on for a real long time. In fact, a couple on my list were short running shows. I mean, I almost put Firefly in there because it was so good. But I, I was thinking, I I was thinking when I was looking at, it, I was like, yeah, this might show up on his. Grand list, but yeah. not the shortened list. Yeah, no, it's it was not enough time. But this show had at least a couple of seasons to develop, and I thought it was great. Show called Pushing Daisies. Oh yeah, that show was phenomenal. That was on. Was, it, was that Fox? I, mean, I think it was Fox. But uh, was that the Pie Maker? It was the Pie Maker. So that's a good show. That's a very underrated show. It was. It was so good. I mean, the 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 cast was uh, uh, was. Well, first of all, it has Chenoweth in it. I mean, who doesn't like her? Uh, but uh, above it, the writer strike just killed it. Unfortunately, and yeah, that, that was that time frame, wasn't it? Yeah, and it does have Ronan in it also? Yeah, that Lee Pace, yeah, absolutely, and uh, Anna Friel, who uh, always fights for the quirky girl parts and a lot of things. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it was the name of the other guy? Uh, oh, Chi Chi yes. McBride. And so the casting was good. the The setting was interesting. the The concept was fantastic. It was. It basically had built into the concept the whole show, and you don't. You could just kind of keep going on with it. You can bring people back from the dead. You have to touch. If you touch them again, they die again. But whenever you bring somebody back, something else dies. You bring your girlfriend back. You can never touch her again. That is just. That could be, you know, almost tragedy if they wanted it to be. But instead, they make it into a sort of 
whodunit, pseudo-detective, quirky, humorous, just wonderful thing. Well, it was. That was a that was a good show, and I, I, it wasn't something that I started watching or picked up on necessarily. But the wifey, she, it was one of her favorite shows at the time. So we made it. That was so. This is uh, what do we call it? PK mm-hmm. pre kids. So yeah. we could watch things when we wanted to and how we wanted to watch it. So we set aside the time when this was on to actually watch this show. It was a good one. Yeah, I I, I really wish that would have been much longer. I mean, they could have gotten a good five seasons out of that easy. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody was down for it, but you're right. It was the, the writer strike. I didn't even think about that. That killed that show. Yeah, that made, that made me sad. And I don't have a whole, whole lot more to say it because you know, short show, short commentary. But for what it was, it was it was stunning. The well, and the narration. I love shows with good narration, and that had some of the best. You know, <laughs> it played it played that part perfect. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that's on your list, and I bet you're surprised I even know what that show was. <laughs> a little bit. Most people don't. Uh, okay, so back to another one here. So I'm just going to throw this one out there because some of these on here are kind of obvious choices. Not not obvious choices in the sense that obvious to me, obvious to you. They're obvious because they're really really popular and mm. I just happen to like them and they just happen to be popular for a very good reason mm. uh, I'm going to throw this one out here too I've got Game of Thrones on here and ignore the books mm. right? Yeah, because the books have a lot to do and nothing to do because writing and Hollywood takes over in a lot of the stuff that's on here and this is big. I haven't read the books. I don't know who George R. R. Martin is. I could care less who he is. But presented as a TV show, like this stuff is dope. Like these are the ones I don't, right now, I don't set aside a lot of time to watch TV or record TV shows. Or if I do want to watch something, I'll just set the DVR and hopefully watch it when I can. But when this is on, on Sundays, I watched this show, and it's really good. I can't believe how long it's been on. It's been on forever, and it's just the budget on this thing is outrageous at this point. So it's yeah, it's it's a legit fantasy. It's a legit like drama intrigue. Um, there's action aspects to to it. Um, I th- I feel like. A lot of people, since it's so, it's current. It Hmm. hasn't ended yet. It will end here soon. That a lot of people who may be listening are really familiar with this show. If you can take the time and you're invested in it, ignore it as a book. Ignore that type of stuff. I just feel like as a like a fantasy drama type of show that it's actually it's actually pretty good. Uh, there's a lot to go f- go for it. I mean, it's got a lot of positives. It's, I mean, everything that I've seen in terms of the way that they put the visuals together, it looks stunning. They get a really good cast around it. Although I'm still any 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 time you kill Sean Bean off, I'm a first little, season. Yeah, a little little upset because yeah, I was upset about that too. I I, I love that dude in everything, um, and. And it's got, you know, the fantasy elements that I tend to like. Never going to watch it. Not going to happen. 
because I I just already know how many characters that he kills. And yeah, that's I don't necessarily mind the driving point because it adds a little bit of intrigue, and they do build on. Okay, so this person died in this season. It's led to other stuff in subsequent seasons. So they're, they're building on that death as not as just a... There's a point to there's it. There's a point to it yeah. that just builds later on. And nobody's I'm okay safe. with that. Nobody's safe in the in, in there, which, let's be honest with ourselves, in, in real storytelling, right, nobody should be, should be safe, right? But I, but I get what you're saying. Like You have an investment in the character, and then it's exactly. easy. Yeah, you're dead. Get out of here. I don't mind that so much. There's well, and everybody has a personal balance where they want that that death level to be because you know we're all investing, we're all suspending our disbelief and watching these shows. So I mean, for me, you know, uh, with the bottom of the, uh, and you have to imagine me putting my hands up and 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 down in this in this pseudo graph here, but you know, at the very bottom where you know every character is always going to live, the main characters are never going to die on one end, and you have Game of Thrones kind of almost all the way on the other end where nobody is safe. So me personally, I like to ratchet it down about 20% lower than where that show is. I want there to be threat. I want it to be possible for the main characters to die. And I want it needs to happen to show that it can happen every once in a while. But that's the thing. It needs to happen every once in a while. But there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of characters in this show. Yeah. And a lot of them are still alive. Well, it's, that's, it's just that a lot of them have. That's another problem, though. Back. You have so many characters. That's that's just it's another. Track. It's hard it to keep track. It's definitely hard to keep track because there's 20 different storylines that carry across three different episodes. They carry across three different seasons. It's hard to keep track of stuff in that show. But it's a testament to how well it's obviously written and, and put together okay. because people people definitely love it. I can, And it's, it's obvious why. I mean, when you get something good like that, it's definitely good. It's just, so it's more of a personal thing for me. It's not me tearing it down in any yeah. way. This is this is just me saying, hey, for, for me, I, that's, that's too much. I can't. I'm not... My son is a, actually a perfect example of this. He has the absolute worst luck in picking characters in shows. He will get invested in the character that will inevitably either turn evil or die or have something happen where he's not the same character anymore and he just kind of throws up his hands and he leaves because it happens every single time. Well, I will tell you that one of my favorite characters in this in this. Um show is actually still alive and he's been in he's been in every single season now he's not a main character per se he 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 is but he's not uh oh gosh what is he's brawn and he's in the first he's in the first season and he's still kicking he's still alive now he's not in every episode and he's not in every scenario but he's gone from different allegiances to different people He's still alive. He's one. He's like one of the coolest little under the radar characters that's in the, the whole thing. That's the best way to live to stay under the radar. Stay under the radar <laughs> and do what you need to do, and you're you'll be okay. Oh man. So okay. So all right. 
Well, we're, we're with fantasy on that one. Let's go back to sci-fi. Ooh, sci-fi. I will. I will do the only other show that was not exactly on a major network because um, <laughs> it kind of, sort of, it sort of was and sort of wasn't because it started not. And I seem to remember it went to a major network eventually. Yeah. My memory's a little fuzzy on this. I'd have to do research again. But it was a television show based off of a movie where they replaced all the actors except for like one or two that went to the show. And it didn't matter because it was that good. Um, and that's Stargate. Oh. So, I mean, obviously, and this is this is one of the... Stargate SG-1? Well, and this is one of the three areas where I'm faking it again, where oh, I'm including whole, multiple shows, the whole universe. The whole universe of Stargate. Yep. The SG-1, Atlantis, and, and Universe are all very good. And um, so, what, nine seasons for Stargate SG-1s that had a ridiculous run. Started on, was it Showtime? Am I remembering that right? Oh, it was... All, all I ever got to see that on was syndication. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it was either sh- no, it wasn't HBO. I think it started on Showtime, um, and it, you know, kind of, uh, it was kind of one of those things where you know I talked about shows sometimes take a little while to get their footing. No, it kind of was right out the gates. It had it. It was building on the plot that was always from the movie, which I thought was great because normally whenever there's a TV show based on a movie, it's just, well, we're starting with where the movie started and just redoing it in television. No, no, they fully acknowledged everything that happened in the movie and just went forward and built out the universe. The The, the characters were all strong. Nobody dominated the others. Even the secondary characters had, good life. I mean, it's, again, it was cheesy at times, and some of the things they did didn't always make sense, whether you're talking about it from a scientific standpoint or from why did they do that sort of reasoning. They MacGyvered it. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. But, um, you know, and even when you go to Stargate Atlantis, I mean, so, well, first of all, okay, so the original SG-1, you're talking about MacGyver. I mean, obviously, everybody knows that that uh, yeah, Richard Dean Anderson was in it, but uh, uh, Michael Shanks, who mm-hmm. was it was he was my favorite in the in the original show that uh, took over uh, yeah. took over Daniel Jackson and it kind of led to him being on other shows like he he was Hawkman in Smallville yeah which was which was kind of cool he also had a oh there's another show I missed on my list. But um, Burn Notice, he had a small part in Burn Notice for a while, too. So a lot of people don't think much of that show and make fun of it, but I loved Burn Notice. Yeah, I couldn't get behind it, um, Burn Notice. But um, there's, one, there's one actor I'll, I'll be okay with in that show. But continue <laughs> with your SG-1. Well, that's right. So, I mean, SG-1 ran for forever and ever. And, again, it was episodic, but it did have some – well, not some. It had a good amount of story build over time. But unlike like Deep Space Nine, if you missed a couple episodes, you're probably okay. Yeah, you could, you could still keep going. And yeah. a lot of those, if I'm not mistaken, because I didn't invest the time in it like you did, but a lot of those culminated in some feature-length episodes, like two-hour-long movies. Yeah, right? there were a couple of them. And you know, one of them, they, they're stuck in time for most of the... For most of the episode, or most of the movie, but you know, then you got Stargate Atlantis, where you know you get the the uh, 
the build off they uh, off the original show they they do these kind of things where they either do a, a soft introduction to try and get the show off the runnings or they'll take some characters from the one show and put it into the second show so that it will be it'll carry some of the fans over and they kind of did that with Stargate Atlantis um, but they got Joe Flanagan for it who as a lead he's he was in uh, Farscape I think okay. before this, and uh, and you know he he had the kind of the right the right uh, face and the right uh, charisma to go with it. But they also had David Hewlett, which was one of the actors that was in the original show, just kind of as a snarky scientist, and became one of the lead snarky scientists that uh, went over to the thing. And he was kind of the whole reason most well, I can't say the whole reason most people watch the show. He was the big reason that I watched the show because he cracked me up. You know, the, the, the guy that you are rooting for and against kind of at the same time, not because he's good or evil, just because like, man, he's so conceited and you just kind of want to kind of want him to get set in his place, but you don't want him to get set in his place because he's important to this group of people that are stuck. But the funniest thing, and and I will I will take this for for sure, uh, Stargate Universe talking about short run shows that were underrated. My lord, that was one of them. It got a couple seasons, and it was so unlike the other two Stargate shows. It it was almost like a radical. 180 from where they were before because the other two Stargates were kind of adventure and we're going exploring and we're going to meet new races and there's going to be these big threats. There's going to be battles. No, Stargate universes were stuck on a ship in the middle of nowhere that's falling apart with factions that don't like each other and it actually it had the kiss of death as the problem. It had Lou Diamond Phillips as part of the cast. Yeah. If he's in a show, it's going to get canceled. I've never understood that. He's like the unluckiest actor of all time. I feel because he's he's good. He's great in everything. He was he was in uh, he was in a show called Wolf Lake that I loved that that had to do with you know werewolves and of course that got canceled. Just anything that it feels like that he gets associated with it just goes away. But maybe next time we appreciate you. But uh, you know, but that that show was the whole reason I started watching Once Upon a Time, um, all because of Robert Carlyle. Mm, Robert Carlyle, yeah, that dude is awesome in everything. He's he's just got that again. One of those guy kind of guys. You kind of am I rooting for him or I'm rooting against him? He he does that kind of character type so well. And the way they ended that series made me want to find out who was responsible and punch in the face because it deserved such a better ending than what it got. Yeah, they just probably cast it aside and like, be done with you, TV show. It was... They lost their investment in it, basically. They were like, yeah, we're done. It was, it was so sad. It was so sad. Oh, and talking about other people... Uh, that that went on to other shows. We briefly mentioned Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the um, the I'm I'm spacing what her uh, what her name is, but uh, she 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 she's on Agents of Shield and plays the um, the cavalry is the nickname of her character. It's uh, is Lou her last name? I can't remember her last oh, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But she was on Stargate Universe and was good in that too. But that's another actress that I'll follow her, whatever she's in. Ming Na Wen? Yes, yes. 
I will watch whatever she is in and give it a chance because she's great in everything. Good, yep. Okay. I'm going to stick with the trend of shows that are too obvious and too popular. Um, I've got next on my list, Walking Dead. Now, I will preface this thought by saying maybe more like the first six episodes, six seasons of The Walking Dead. It's tapered off a little bit. It's a little harder to get into here, the last couple episodes. Um, I will say, on my DVR right now, I still have one episode from The Walking Dead that I haven't deleted yet. And it has something to do with... Um, a uh, baseball bat and smashing some heads in. So <laughs> I saved that episode because the entrant, like the start of that season, is Negan bashing some heads in. That that first sequence is actually, I it's pretty cool. But the reason, I, I, and I don't know why, I don't know why I started watching it. Is probably because it had good word of mouth after season one. The season one was only six episodes, just real short. And when you watch the first six episodes, like, man, man, this is a really good, this is a really good show. Now, I've got to go back to, you got to ignore it as a graphic novel, which you, you've already read. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the, they built that universe around that graphic novel, but it does not mirror that graphic novel, right? So no, it, no. It, it, it built the universe on it. And I just feel like that that's another one, right, where no character is safe in that one. No, they, no. There really aren't. No. The zombie apocalypse, okay, so we get it. Everybody can die in that one. And pretty much everybody does die in that one. But as you progress through the seasons and they move and they struggle and they survive and they don't survive and they die, and like, I just think that that one just builds and builds and builds. And that was another one, like, okay, it's Sunday... It's time to watch the, the Walking Dead. It's, we got to watch this, and then they they do a two part season in that one. So like they do season two is uh, sixteen episodes, for example. Mm-hmm. But they'll do two A and two B. They'll do eight episodes, and then they'll give you a break for a long time, and then they'll do another eight episodes. Yeah, that's an AMC thing. Yep. So that's I like that. That gives you a little investment. Take a break. A little bit more investment. That that saves you from having to wait a year before you see what happens next. Part of the problem for me with Walking Dead, I know it's a good show. I'm not, again, this is another one. I'm just not going to watch it. I'm burnt out on zombies. I've, I've had enough zombies. I've, I've been watching since the, the Romero days of the original zombie movies and zombie novels and zombie comics, and I've got plenty, even to the point where they mixed two of my favorite things together with superheroes and zombies with the whole Marvel zombies thing that they did. And then, of course, on the DC side, there was Blackest Night. But if you can, it's, it's it, obviously the zombies are a secondary thing to the plot of yep. the show. It's about the people. But like any show, a show has to have a hook that's going to get you into it. And the hook doesn't work for me on The Walking Dead anymore. I'm tired of zombies. So you have no hook. I can watch the shows about people with without zombies. Yeah, I, I was not tired of zombies. Exactly. I had no investment in anything zombie before that. So this one's good. They, they, this one, too, has a spinoff. One of the only ones that I've been 
reviewing or going up here that has a spinoff. That one's Fear the Walking Dead. And that one's not bad. I don't, yeah, it's not great, but it's not bad either. Um, I've been watching a lot of Fear the Walking Dead the last couple weeks because I was about 20 episodes behind on that one. So I've just been playing catch up on that one. And that one's not too bad. I'm almost caught up on that one. But the the actual, especially the first five, six episodes of the original Walking Dead, it's just so... Everybody's investment changes and the things that they do and the bad guys that they meet and the things that they do to get out of the things that they do. And the last couple seasons with the whole Negan storyline have been a bit contrived to an extent. I've they're heard still, there were some problems with it. They're still good, but there's just weird things that you can't overlook. But overall, the characters are good. You're invested in the characters. Um, you're invested in the storylines. But if you go with the first, like I said, the first six seasons of this one, and you are, I feel like after the first season, you're hooked. Like, this is a good show. It's a really good show. You want to know what happens. That's not a bad choice, and that's a good good way to start us uh, on the second half of our 10. That should have been number six, I expect, for you. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's bring it back to something not quite so so death-centric. <laughs> mm, uh, I mean, I got so much more with death in it, though. Uh, well, I'm talking about character development and interactions and things. I'll go to another network show that will always rank as one of my one of my favorite shows that I can watch over and over again, and that is Leverage. Um, it's it's light in comparison to a lot of shows in terms of action and, and plot. It's not intended to be super dramatic. It's not intended to be overly um, overly wrought in a lot of ways. It is episodic. It's got a nice balance between being episodic and having an overplot. There's always an overplot, but again, if you don't if you don't see a couple episodes, for the most part, you're not going to be completely completely out of luck. Out of luck yeah. But it's resonated with me for a couple reasons. I love heist movies. I love that kind of heist presentation. We need to, everybody's got their own specific talent and that sort of thing. It's kind of like a closer to modern day A-team in that kind of a feel uh, that these these bad guys are going around doing good. It's kind of a, a similar to Robin Hood retelling, but it's you know it's got Timothy Hutton in it who is always really solid and stuff and it's the whole reason that I went over to that show was because of Christian Kane uh, who plays the the hitter character on the show he was originally in in uh, some other shows that I watched that we'll all be getting to later on this list but because I liked those other shows so much I followed him to leverage and it was excellent it the 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 season to season flow was always really good they did enough to make you really want to see the next season but not so much that you're wanting to pull your hair out because what's going to happen never really went that way it had good guest appearances from people uh, jerry ryan made regular guest appearances on it which is great i always really liked her um uh, now, admittedly, that may be a lot of the Seven of Nine stuff, mm-hmm. rubbing off. Rubbing off, that's not a good word. Um, 
accompanying her from one show to another. Um, but uh, she's she's actually a really good actress in, in, in a lot of her stuff, and it, I always enjoyed it. And it. Good cast, good chemistry, good writing, and it's fun. It is so fun. You don't think it will be, but it's... It's, it's, it's somewhat formulaic, but you don't care. And I will 100% believe every word that you're saying. Never seen it? Never seen a single episode. Oh, okay. I'm, I would say you got to go out and watch it, but, you know, I was talking about we show each other shows. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to show you some leverage because it is, it is fantastic. I'm going to have to find the first two episodes, and here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to show you just the intro. Well, what... Um Gosh, what is that one on? I mean, it's on... That was TNT originally. Like, TNT? Okay. Uh, it's on Prime Video, so like, there's ways to, to watch it. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's, and it's it's very good. And several of the other people have gone on to do other things. Now, one of the more interesting um, interesting side notes, the uh, secondary, uh, a secondary character that is in there is Mark Shepard who was in a lot of different shows. And I'll be talking about him again in a minute for a show that I've got on this list. Mm. So I go kind of from, I follow actors from show to show, and this was kind of my first, not probably not my first introduction to Mark Shepard, but the first real introduction to him. It's like, oh, I want to see him in other stuff. And I was super excited to see him in another show that he was in several seasons of. But like I said, I'll get to that later. Roger. So cool. Yeah, yeah, because you that's how you're progressing through a lot of your shows. You're like, oh, actor that's familiar, let's go to this show and see if it carries over from the previous stuff that he's done. Um, so I've got another one on my list here, actually a couple. And I've been, I mentioned it before a little bit about the HBO shows and how Sopranos kind of started around. And, but there was shows before that. I kind of feel like I watch a lot of the HBO Shows, not all. I mean, not all of them, but I feel like a lot of those are just so well done. It's easy to go back and and watch a good one and be very invested in that type. They of tend show. to have good production values, good budgets. And, and I've got a couple more HBO shows on my list. So hmm, how am I going to do this? Let's throw out this one. Now this one is kind of. I won't say I'm cheating with this one. Because it's 10 episodes. But it is a show, and it was on HBO, and it played out over the course of, you know, 10 weeks. And that's Band of Brothers. Oh, that still counts. Yeah, so that's... That one, to me, is just so good. And you develop, you have character development, you have... An investment in the people you care about the people you want them to succeed you want them to survive and a lot don't I'm always down for a good authentic story that's based on fact and obviously this is a portrayal of fact but when you watch it and you watch the episodes they always intro the episodes with the actual people that they're basing the show off of and they tell their brief little snippets of a story about they were here, they did this, or they were they knew this person, they were partnered with this person, and then it goes into the episodes. Like you get that 
realistic investment in that field from the actual soldiers that were over there doing their thing in World War II. And I'm just like, that could be on episode seven and pops in. I'll watch it. I'm good. I like all of those. They're just great. I don't know what it is about World War II television shows and movies that it's just like snack food. You can't get enough of it. It seems like I can, at one point, you know, Vietnam movies were like that too, but I've never been as big into that. I didn't think that conflict was as interesting as World War II. I, yeah. It's just got a lot. There's a lot to it, and and it's it's hard to uh, hard to not want to see something about that. Yeah, it's a lot more. The fighting in Vietnam was a lot more underhanded. The situations were a lot more political. So yeah, this is the whole other aspect of it. But World War Two was. Man, eighteen-year-olds getting drafted. Like you didn't watch things on TV. You had your entertainment in that time frame was a radio, yeah, or an actual activity that you did outside. You hunted with your dad, or you played baseball in the streets. You had to talk to people. You had to, actually had to talk and interact to people. And that whole war, like the country Sounds was awful. in a depression. The whole country came together to. Go fight the bad guys. Now, the one thing that this really emphasized, of course, was Europe. They did actually a separate series many years later. It was called The Pacific. And that emphasized, obviously, the war in the Pacific Islands. That one's pretty good, too. The first time I watched it, I wasn't... I didn't like it. But when you watch it again, that one's actually pretty darn good as well. Yeah. The Band of Brothers, I think, just kind of stands out. It's... Every individual episode, you have some type of character build. You have some type of situation that builds upon those people's character. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just... Well, you're almost... You know, the, the One of the things about World War II, you're almost having two separate wars simultaneous. It's it's a very different feel on, on both sides of it. I'm sure that uh, that can be attested to on by multiple... Of the of their surviving individuals, yeah. so yeah, I'll have to I'll have to give that one a look. I haven't I haven't seen it. It's one of those things that's like, oh yeah, I got to watch that, and then I would forget about it. Yeah, that's that's generally played. You, know, you got to see the full version, the unedited version. That's harder to come by, but generally they'll play it on Veterans Day, Memorial Day weekend, like th- those type of things. Uh, but if it's if it's out there, if someone's got it on. Blu-ray, or you can watch it on some streaming service. The full versions of it, it's well worth the. It's well worth the investment. That's a legit one. Well, let's go from old and realistic to new and not. Um, this is one of the few that I have that's a current show on this list that I l- just adore. As soon as I watched it initially, I. I want more. I, I want to watch the rest of it. And that is The Good Place. Um, it is, again, I. It, okay, that's got. Kristen. Ted Danson, uh, Kristen Bell. Um, it is um, Jam, uh, Jamil. Jamil. I'm going to. I feel so bad. Is uh, I, I will just massacre some Jamila. of these. Yeah, Jamila. Jamil. Uh, but I mean the again a really a really solid cast. They're they're all funny. They're all 
they're all uh, good at um, dealing with a subject matter that is just completely ridiculous. The any any show in my mind that can in a half an hour be extremely funny, be deeply philosophical, and have character and plot development that carries over from episode to episode. That's kind of amazing. I've I've not seen a comedy do it before. The closest again was that pushing daisies. That mm-hmm. uh, but uh, this I think is not going to suffer from the same problems. I think it's going to get renewed many times, uh, and it will continue to be good. And the whole the whole concept how it how it flirts with with theology and the concepts of what right and wrong really are is fantastic. Haven't seen a single episode of it. Is it? Is that NBC? I believe so. Um, I, I have to admit, I, I don't have regular television, so I tend to, whenever the new show comes out, I will buy it episode by episode from Amazon prime. It's one of the few shows that I do that with. Uh, I tend not to buy television shows very much. And that one and, and, uh, and one other show is, is, well, my wife would do one too, but uh, that's pretty much it. And and I will tell you what, watch it if nothing else. It's on a major network, you know, a major network. So that means no nudity, no gore. Um, it's very limited in a lot of ways, uh, language and what they can do. But it takes place in heaven. So there's no cursing. And so the repli- the replacements for the cursing is so fantastic because the main character curses up a storm, but she can't curse. So it, uh, so uh, you're such a bench. <laughs> it's just, so the, the, it's, it's very, very cleverly written. If you haven't seen it, you can watch the entire season and a night if you really wanted to, but you can, you can just plow through it in a couple of days. A couple, a couple of my favorite replacement TV Bad words came from, um, oh gosh, I can't even think right now. Brain power is not functioning at 12 o'clock at night as we record this. Pushaw. Um, the Die, Die Hard 2 was on. Oh, oh, man. And the, uh, Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> is a great one. <laughs> uh, that's, that's one of my favorites. And then the other one is slug in a ditch. <laughs> I le- learned some great ones from watching that one on TV. So. Okay, so back to the list. We're getting close. We almost we just have a few more. Left yeah, right just just a handful. Where do I go with this? So I'll stick with the HBOs, and I'll go with what my last of the HBOs, and that's Deadwood. Deadwood is. Everything I've seen has been really good. Great, and I'm so happy. The movie's been green-lighted, green-lit. So there will be an actual movie to kind of carry on where this TV show led up. Well, that's excellent. Uh, it there, There's a lot of characters that are in this, and it, it didn't last for too long, like three, three seasons, 12 episodes a season. But there are a few key characters and almost all the actors and actresses in this movie if you look at it on imdb you will recognize all of them in some form or fashion they are in a tv show or movie that you have watched before 
and this was a starting spot. Kristen Bell was in this, yeah. actually. Um, played a really, played a young girl in this in this TV show. Uh, but the some of my favorite uh, characters, well, well, one of them is unfortunately dead, Powers Booth. Uh, just played just a dirty, underhanded character, so good. Uh, Timothy, Ol- Timothy Olfens, the, the main the main focal point in this one. Yeah. One of his main adversaries slash counterparts, kind of more adversary than counterpart, but it kind of fluctuated a bit, um, was played by Ian McShane. And Al Swearingen is one of the best characters in TV. And best portrayed characters in TV. Just how upfront and dirty and mean that this character is. And I don't know, he runs a, a bar slash whorehouse, I guess you could say. And he controls a lot of what goes on in this town. Not everything, but he has a lot of power and influence in this town. And he's just so, such a jerk. He plays it so good. The character is so strong. Yeah. After watching that, I was pretty much hooked, kind of going back, like hooked on him as an actor. Um, When I see him in TV shows or movies, I'm like, he, he he plays weird characters and other stuff too, but he's so good in this one that he's got me sold on him as an actor. Well, and and it's kind of funny for me. Um, westerns are difficult. Western television shows to me are like country music. Um, you can have some truly excellent specimens, but it's harder to have truly excellent specimens just because what you're dealing with, in my mind, is clunkier and harder to fashion as something great. Um, so, I mean, you know, for a long period of time in Hollywood, I mean, the Spaghetti Western was just, that was the thing. I mean, John Wayne made his fortune on Westerns. Yeah, not, ex- not exclusively, but yeah. I mean, so, I mean, there, there were, they were a dime a dozen, and there are people that will just swear by how good they are, and I've watched them, and I don't see it. I, I will be honest, I am a sucker for a good western and not that i go out and look for them and there's not that many of them that are out there but every once in a while someone will throw out a western and it'll be well reviewed and it's a it's a great it's a great watch it's not like it's the most amazing movie ever but it's a great watch. Now, there are some, like the Young Guns movies. Like, yeah, hey. no, 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 no. Like, that's not what They I'm were fun, about, but know? they weren't great. But Tombstone was, for me, a he, great he was, Western. Because Tombstone played on the action genre, but didn't go cheesy, campy, but didn't go uber serious. serious. It leaned more towards serious, for sure. Yeah. didn't. Quite cross that line. Uh, 310, 310 to Yuma. Yuma. I mean, that, Another good one. That one was really solid. Uh, but you know, you, you get funny ones like Mel Gibson and the Maverick kind of remake. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that one. It was silly and fun. You're right, and that one's not your traditional. No, no. not even portrayed as a 
the traditional. No, one. not trying that uh, way. Kevin Kevin Costner was in one. Oh, what dances with wolves? That well, no, that's it. The Open Range. Ah, okay. That one's not bad too. Um, <laughs> the Postman was that the other one he the, did? No, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> I don't know if I call that a western, but it kind of it kind of was. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a three hour. <laughs> Thing that's available. <laughs> it's not the worst movie I've seen. No, I've seen. And that might be Mission Impossible too. But oh, I, I that was on one of the movie like stars maybe like a month or two ago. I actually made it through. I made it through about two hours of it, and it just was all I could muster to get through it. And I still had another hour left. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm, I just can't. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel on on a lot of westerns. That it, you need to you need to do something to make it truly. It doesn't have to be serious necessarily. It can be kind of campy. It just as long as you do it right. That's why I was talking about Maverick. I wanted to give a kind of a cheesy option. But what was that uh, spaghetti western with uh, Sharon Stone? Um, oh, uh, Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead. That's, that's a Sam Sam Raimi movie. Sam Raimi movie. But as a western goes. That's one that will pop up, and I'll watch it any time. So I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that Deadwood, which I haven't seen, is probably going to fall into that range of it does it right. And it, it does it really right. It's it sure it's set in a it's in a western setting, but this is more traditional HBO drama, yeah. Right than what it is. Someone. Stole the water hole and shot the sheriff. You know, like it's not. It's not. It's a setting. A setting, not us. Not a focus. You, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's pull it. Uh, I'm going to end on on darker stuff. So I'm going to pull out my last lighter show out of the group, and uh, that would be Chuck. So another kind of an NBC show, I'm pretty sure. Shazam. Uh, yeah, exactly. I can't wait to see him in that movie because uh, I will I will follow another actor. I will follow into pretty much anything because he's just, Zachary Levi is just really, really likable. Um, and Yvonne. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Yeah, she. I got her coming up here soon. She, uh, as the. I watched the show, and then she was in one of my favorite video game series of all time because it was definitely her. There's no way around it. That was Mass Effect. Uh, it was her voice, and they definitely modeled the, the image uh, over her. After yeah. And, but it also has um, Adam, Adam Baldwin in it, who I will watch in anything because talking about Firefly, and you know, he's he's – just got, has the he always gets that same kind of character, but it's okay because he does it so well. I'm tough, but kind of funny. He's and, a stern, mean guy, but has the sense of humor about him. Exactly, exactly. The, the entire cast, Vic Sahay. I'm going. I'm again. I'm, I apologize if I if I just maul your names. Please don't hate me for it because I would eventually love to talk to you. But uh, Vic Sahay and Scott Krinsky as the pair of kind of goof-offs in the store that get into trouble constantly are just fantastic. Um, uh, Sarah Lancaster as, as his sister is really solid. Um, Ryan McPartland as 
as uh, Captain Awesome. I mean, uh, did you ever watch that show? Never seen a single episode. Never seen a show. So, okay, this is another one that you should see at some point. So, hokey kind of, hokey kind of concept. They are able to take all this information, all the spy information, intel, and all that sort of stuff, and find a way to implant it into a person's mind so that they would make the perfect spy. You've already got the training, the physicals. We put all the knowledge in you so you'll know exactly, oh, I see this person. I know exactly who he is. I see this thing. Oh, this relates to this other thing that happens. But, you know, there's some shadowy organization that has bad ideas for it so in order to save it this guy sends it to his college roommate uh, who he got thrown out of college in the first place so that's why he's working at essentially a best buy the equivalent of a best buy at, in the what they call the nerd herd uh, so and then the cia operative that comes to train him was the one that was dating this other guy. And so there's this, this whole layer of awkwardness. And, and so he's got this stuff in his mind and, you know, what's he going to do with it? He can't fight. He's got to be protected. He's now forced into being a CIA asset. And it's, it's fun to uh, an, a level that you uh, wouldn't expect. And plus you get a good chunk of the show that has Brandon Ruth in it. Yep. Who I think Super, is Superman. fantastic, Superman, and is currently in uh, Legends, Adam, yeah, say. Legends of Tomorrow. Um, another guy that is so likable and kind of is that way in the show at first. <laughs> at first, <laughs> I see that C.S. Lee is in this as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's got a fantastic cast, and another one where they would always get really good guest stars. You know, like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was in an oh, episode. Right. Uh, thinking of wrestling, uh, another wrestling one. Uh, how was her name? I am completely spacing it, but it was a really popular female uh, wrestler of the time was in several episodes. She actually had a recurring role. And they, they would, again, just have, um, oh, I'm, I'm spacing it, the guy that was in Quantum Leap and played Archer in the Enterprise show Scott Bakula Scott, Scott he was he played a major part um, um, uh, the um, God, I feel terrible it's, it's because it's midnight mm-hmm. but it's past midnight now. well it's past midnight but uh, the uh, Terminator Sarah Connor Sarah Connor yeah, uh, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton was in it for a bunch of episodes. Um, one of the James Bonds was in it for uh, a couple of seasons. I mean, it's just. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, who was that? You know, I'm, I'm spacing. Oh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Thank you. In uh, another good movie, uh, good TV show from uh, Showtime. He was the main character. Short-lived TV show, and that's Penny, that's Penny oh yeah yeah, and that's just a small snippet. I mean, they're constantly having people just show up in the show. Some of them great, some of them not as great. But uh, yeah, it's like Lionel Richie's daughter was in a couple episodes, which I don't like reality television, and so I wasn't terribly excited for her to be in there, but, you know, I was impressed. She actually did pretty good. Tail end of her popularity, I would say. Yeah. Well, more popular times, I guess you should say. Yeah, that's another one of those things that's not a knock. It's just, I don't like reality television. It doesn't do anything for me. 
right. So we got two, two more, right? Two more. All right. What's your top two in quotations? Because it's in no particular order. Okay. So this one, this one we got hooked on. And through Netflix, when Netflix first started, we watched the first season of this and then had to get the next couple seasons via DVD mailed to us nice before we could catch up to where the regular ones started and we were hooked and gobbled up this as much as we possibly could every single time it was on that's dexter that is a really popular show for a lot of people my son got really into that i don't know if he ever finished it though yeah that is so that I guess you could say it just builds from season to season to season to season. He kind of progresses through his life. He gets different relationships. He gets um, weird relationships with his sister being the more constant of the relationships throughout the show. Um, there's a, a fan, there's a fantastic meme that's available on the internet that's from one of the first couple seasons. Um, he's he so Dexter works. In at the police department, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the one that does all the blood spatter analysts for all these murders, right? But he is the one who, through working at the police department and other ways, other means, finds some of the people, learns of the people that are like the worst people in the Miami area. And he kills them and disposes of them in various different types of ways. But he's so good at what he does that he knows how to capture all the blood and the clean it up so that there is no evidence of him doing that. But every once in a while, he'll leave a thing and he'll get in a situation where he might get caught. Is he going to get caught? Is he going to get found out? Who knows? And <laughs> in the first couple seasons, the one of his adversaries is actually a co-worker. Um, and the character in the, in the actual episode is Dokes. And you can... There, there's a meme that's out there. It's a real short snippet of Dokes. You, I, everybody's probably heard it. It's he says surprise and like surprise yeah. M M Fer. <laughs> that's him. That's from Dexter. It's really <laughs> funny, and that whole the whole series just builds and builds. And each season, there's a new adversary, and somebody comes into play, and he's after one person, but it turns out that. When he's after that person, there's another person that he needs to go after as well. But he always goes back to the end game. Yvonne Strahovski's in there as one yeah. as a love interest, and hey, Jonathan Lithgow. Jonathan Lithgow is in there as an adversary. I, I mean, this this thing just has so many different twists and turns, and some convoluted ways of him getting out of him his situations and him getting caught, but. It just that's one of the things that you just build on every single week and every single season. It's not necessarily always season to season per se, but it's when you're in the season, you gotta figure out you you're anxious to see what happens next. And this is an easy binge watch right here. You just get into it and you go and you go and you go. And it's I don't know, we just got we just got hooked on it and we got stuck for a while watching episodes of it. It's one of those that's in my list of one million shows that I need to watch that I still haven't quite gotten to. Uh, it's, an, it's an easy watch. And like I said, don't expect it to be the perfect show. It's the 
perfect show to watch. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but it's okay. You can overlook them for what it gives you. Yes, he's a serial killer that never gets caught. Yeah. Some of his ways (laughs) of not getting caught are going to be convoluted and would never actually happen in real life, but you've got to take yourself out of that scenario, and it's a TV show. Well, let's let's go from dark and somewhat unrealistic to dark and very unrealistic. Um, and this is still a current show somehow, amazingly, because it's been running for forever. And I don't know if or when it's like on season 14 at this point. And that's supernatural. Mm. So you're talking about wanting to know how they're going to get out of things same same kind of thing it's just it's going to sometimes be convoluted sometimes well no it's almost always going to be way out there but it has this appeal that i don't know if it can be explained the whole monster hunting sort of a thing uh this this uh show that's basically about two brothers and their core group of friends and how they how they react to things around them and what they would sacrifice to be able to make things better. Would they sacrifice each other? Would they sacrifice the greater good to be able to stay with each other? What, how, let's test how far that goes. And it goes across every spectrum of, of um, horror. So there are vampires, there are werewolves, there are the undead, there are ghosts, you, you get into the whole uh, biblical side of things, and I'm not uh, maybe biblical. Uh, any sort of, well, not any sort, but mo- a lot of religions are kind of represented in, in one respect or another. A lot of old myths are represented, folk tales. I mean, it, it's kind of all there. It's got 300 episodes. It's got 300 episodes. It's the cast, the core cast of who's there are are really good. They've tried to spin it off a couple times, and it's failed each time. The first time, not terribly surprising. It it was trying to play on uh, on a fad that was that was kind of going on, and it just it wasn't going to succeed. This last one that was that they're going to try and do uh, Wayward Sisters, I thought had a real chance to be really interesting as it took again what a lot of shows do they take those strong secondary characters that people really like and try and build a show around them and it was it was good characters and it looked like it was going to be a good good show just never got picked up never played out and which is really sad um but you know the 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 actors seem to genuinely enjoy what they're doing and I talked about Mark Shepard I was going to talk about him again he is in uh, well over half of this show as as both an antagonist and an unlikely ally at times, and so it's it's really uh, seeing him in that is is really good. I originally started watching the show because of Jen Snackles. Now I, I made a brief mention earlier about Smallville. Uh, how one of the 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 actors from from Stargate ended up being on Smallville. Well, Smallville is kind of the whole reason I started watching Supernatural because Jensen Ackles was in a couple of seasons of Smallville early on. And I, I guess he was just so good and so popular. And that's like, okay, we just got to give this dude his own show. And then you got uh, Jared Padalecki, uh, who was, what is it, Party of Five, I think, before? Uh, something like that. Um, 
uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to definitely double check this because I'm gonna feel stupid if I if I get this wrong. But uh, but between them and Misha Collins and uh, the Gilmore Girls, sorry, sorry, he was on Gilmore Girls, uh, and it's, so uh, it very much a 180 in a lot of respects in terms of the subject matter that they're in, but still that kind of melodrama that made that show popular, so it still fit kind of what he was he was already good at. Gilmore Girls. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, it was that show still going on, still interesting. I mean, with 14 seasons, you're going to have a couple that aren't as good as some of the others. But for the most part, they're super good. And they have a really strong fan following. They they have conventions that just get scores of people. In fact, there's one that I'm going to try and be at in September, provided it doesn't coincide with something that work would get in the way of, which hopefully it won't, and I won't have to <coughs> uh, be sick in the process of... It'll be a big event. Yeah, it'll be a big event. Um, but anyway, so it's a fantastic show. Have you watched any of uh, Supernatural? Zero episodes. See, we're we're not uh, we're not hitting on on at least half of these shows we haven't watched uh, on the other side. I, I would normally say watch this show, but it's fourteen seasons. Yeah, that's it's a hard investment to put in three hundred hours. Well, it's probably forty five minutes an episode, right? Yeah, it, approximately. It's on the, commercials. It's on the CW. It's an hour long, right? And yeah, so, you know, sprinkling your commercials, so forty forty five minutes an episode. Yeah. But uh, there are a handful, and there are some characters that are recurring themes that are recurring. Just fantastic. Well, I think we're down to the final items on our we are list of greatness. I feel like we're the hurrying list here. We're hurrying through these, <laughs> but we could talk about these all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially some of them that are more favorites, even than others that we have here. Um, and then we'll also touch on too the sprinkling that we have that are beyond the ten that we at least. Deserve a mention. Maybe we should. Should we do that now before we go into the final? Yeah, let's let's do our honorable mentions. Okay, so I, I have just a few things on here, and uh, they kind of go back to one one that. You, so for me, more more networky stuff on here. I have uh, Scrubs on here. I have The Office on here. Another comedy that's on here. I have another one which I just struggled to not have in this list, and it was the Chappelle Show. Uh, it's just yeah. so good. Carries on today. It's funny. If it had classic, a couple more seasons, maybe. Classic comedy. And another HBO show, which is comical, but not supposed to be not supposed to be taken serious, but was a was a vampire show that had werewolves, had other stuff, had witches in it, and that's true blood. Um, that was the show I was talking about that the spinoff was kind of trying to take advantage of. And that, that was a good show. We enjoyed watching that. We watched it every Sunday when it came on. Not one of my favorites, um, of all, but was in consideration for the list. Oh, yeah. So were some of your others that didn't quite make it in? Well, we mentioned Firefly very briefly. It just, I, for one season, I couldn't couldn't really see putting it in there, even though it was supremely good. Once Upon a Time, it was solid at times, super good, especially at the beginning, and just kind of slowly petered in my estimation towards the end. It wasn't, didn't maintain the level of quality that it had, or maybe my fascination just kind of waned with it. In a similar way, uh, Heroes, 
started super solid and that just kind of didn't kind of maintain that same level of, of quality. I think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner on that show, but that, you know, before there were, before there was the DC and Marvel shows that you could watch on TV heroes, that was, that was the, that was it. That was, so, I mean, it was, it was so good. How I Met Your Mother on comedy. I love that show. I can watch that over and over again. Um, SNL. You know, the Chappelle show. SNL's been on the show forever. Some seasons better than others, but the castmates are always, at least, well, I can't say they're always good, but they're almost always good. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of an SNL child of the 90s, I would say. Yeah. Uh, from, from a cast standpoint. 90s, early 2000s. X-Files, you know, I, I uh, in the 90s, that when you wanted sci-fi, David Duchovny and... Um, Jillian Anderson. I mean, uh, but then you got to go back to the origins, you know, on some of this horror and some of this comedy. And I thought it's like, well, Twilight Zone. I can watch Twilight Zone black and white episodes all day long. And it's from before, you know, my time on TV, but they're written so well, it didn't matter that it was black and white. Or uh, in comedy, the Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, just fantastic, funny, silly, simple, episodic. Three Stooges are pretty good. Easy watch. Yeah. Not, you don't have to think too much about those. Though they're usually movies rather than than uh, television shows. Well, not necessarily. Three Stooges has a lot of 10-minute uh, episodes all pinned together for 30 minutes. Mm. I, always, I always just watch the movies. Uh, all right. So, the drum, last, drum roll. The last item, and this may not be the number one, or it might be, you know, I don't know. I can't tell you. Um, it goes actually by a couple different names in a sense, uh, but from stars, uh, Spartacus. Ah. Uh, the first the first season was Blood on the Beach. Uh, very yes, Blood on Bloody Bloody Beach. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Spartacus Blood and Sand. Yeah. And that, that episode, that first season, is just so stinking over-the-top good. I can watch that so many times and pick up things that I never saw before and see an episode that I've seen ten times and still want to watch it then at a lot of time because everything in it's just so good. It is almost... Oh, gosh. I don't like 300. I don't like that movie. I want to preface this by saying I huh. don't like 300. It's I, I, I don't want to say it's stupid because that's not it. I just don't like it. It's very stylized. Stylized. Now, take some elements of that, translate them to more graphic, novel-y presentation where the blood splatter, for example, is extremely over the top but in a graphic novel sort of way, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's presented to your palate as in when uh, a throat gets chopped or a head gets chopped off that the blood sprays in a way that would never, ever spray, but not so that it's so over-the-top cheesy. It is presented to you, like I, the only way I can describe it is as if you were reading a graphic novel. The way that the characters speak in here is designed for them to be in you know, the Roman times, over the top, not cheesy, 
but so not three hundred, but a dame to kill for. Y- yes, like, <laughs> and the actors are so good. You buy into all the different pieces of it. It's got all the core elements of backstabbing and intrigue and hatred, and it's got it's got the nudity for the men. It's got the nudity for the women. It's everything rolled into one complete package. Everybody you you are invested in, you root for characters, you root against characters, you hate characters, you love characters, people die, people live. It is so stinking good. And it should be on Netflix. And I'm telling you, if you guys have not watched this show, you need to watch it. And don't go in it with the expectation when you see some of these things is, well, that, no. Or like, when you see somebody get chopped into bits. Don't expect to be realistic. Don't expect it to be, expect it to be something that could happen, but don't expect the presentation of it to be realistic in that aspect. Have a certain expectation going into it that is like, it's, it's hard to describe where when someone gets chopped, the blood kind of goes in a car, not cartooning, but like drawn on the screen to an overboard extent and it goes in slow motion and some of it splatters on your, like the fourth window screen yeah. of it, right? It's supposed to evoke a so specific good. reaction. Yes, it's so good. And then it progresses. So the one of the big things, one of the big strange things that happened in this was the main character, the person playing Spartacus, uh, who did, Andy Whitfield, who did a great job in the, in the middle of First season, wasn't it? First season. Well, the first season was done. He he had cancer. He died from cancer. In his in his treatment for that, they didn't want to go on without him. So what they did is they filmed a backstory to the first season. Um, Gods of the Arena was that one was consoles season one, and then a prequel. To mm-hmm. season one, which yeah. developed more characters. He passed away. They got a new Spartacus who just filled right in, Liam McIntyre. I do believe he's in some um, CW. He's in a yes. green, he's in Arrow or he's in Legends of Tomorrow. I believe he's in Legends of Tomorrow. Is that the Liam McIntyre? Is that the guy that was um, on that uh, TV show, the breakout TV show, Prison Break? Is that him? No. No, no. he played, he was in The Flash. He played Mark somebody mark martin i can't see what it is but (laughs) mark maron he played he played a comedian so then after that so he took over as spartacus for then the next two seasons of the show and progressed this is extremely loosely based on the actual slave spartacus who raised he free was who broke out from being a slave raised an army and marched all through Italy and ransacked all these cities and killed a lot of people and could never be caught or overcome by the Roman army. Like this is like 
the elements in this show are loosely based on what really actually happened to the slave that was Spartacus. And it just progresses through a couple more seasons, and it's still more of the over-the-top with the drama and the behind-the-scenes of the Romans trying to get in to kill him. And then just like they they try to... what the, 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 One of the next seasons, they employ some... some random non-Roman people to hunt him down and kill him, some Syrians and some other characters that aren't Romans that know how to fight like the gladiators fight. You know, it's just like it's so much built into it. It's it's hard to describe how good, to me, this show actually is. It's one of my favorites of all time, and it's on Netflix, and I highly recommend investing time in watching this. Well, I tend to hear a lot of good things about it, and it's another one that's on my list of things to watch that I never really got to. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll get there eventually, and it's 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 a testament. I, I, I'd have to say it's a testament to the quality of the show that you lose the lead, but it's still popular. It kicks in, and you'll see there's a lot of uh, Australians and New Zealanders that are in this show you you recognize actually a, a few of them Manu Bennett is in tons of stuff that you recognize for sure he's an arrow yeah um, uh, let me see here Craig Parker is in it Craig Parker was in the Lord of the Rings yeah. he was in yeah. he was a an elf led the Brought the elf army. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. To get to uh, in the second movie. In the two towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's people that you recognize in here. Oh, well, the big one, Lucy Lawless, is in this. Oh well, yeah. And I mean, there uh, I could go on and on and on about this movie, about this TV show, but well, check it out for sure. When they're when they're really good, that's 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 uh that's going to happen. There's just no way around it. All right. So for my number one. Um, and it may actually be my number one. But again, this is my last time I'm cheating because it is two shows and, and they're intertwined in the same universe. And so I can't separate them into into separate shows in my mind. But that's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Um, they lasted for a total of 12 seasons between the two shows. Um, some of it simultaneous, some of it not. Um, but uh, it... It was the way that uh, Joss Whedon and the rest of the writers and all of the cast put this together was, I don't think anything's come close to replicating it at this point. Um, the, the, you know, we were talking about that kind of level of um, how much death there should be. And I, and that to me the the those two series are are dead dead on where it should be there's enough death that you feel that anybody can die and and so there's always a threat and main characters die it it does happen even technically buffy dies twice um, though obviously she comes back characters so nice they killed her twice that's right but uh but uh it and it always plays to some sort of plot significance later, and and the way that they do it is fantastic. I talked about going to leverage because of um, 
uh, Christian Kane, who who was in the Angel series uh, for several seasons and plays a fantastic uh, antagonist. I, I don't want to call him villain because it's not exactly what it is. It, he is, but he isn't. Uh, it, all of the characters are layered. They're more complicated than that, and there's a lot of um, a lot of character development and. That is, and part of that is kind of why I love the show. There's the supernatural side of it. They're fighting, you know, demons and vampires and all of the evil that's going on. But again, that's more of a backdrop. It's more about the advancement of those characters. And I have yet to see a show that has a character better developed in my mind than the character of uh, Wesley Wyndham Price mm-hmm. in in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can't remember. Have you seen? You say you saw some of Buffy, but not Angel. Was it? Very few. Very few of both. Very few of both. So Wesley, with, with no recollection of any events or characters. I mean, having the character come in, Wesley's introduced in season two, I think. Of of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, no, maybe th- no, sorry, three season three, um, and so he's kind of uh, a buffoon. He's supposed to be a member of this council that that watches the Slayer and helps out, and and you cannot take him seriously. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's kind of silly, and he's he's uh, you know maybe in his they never give an age directly, but he seems to be in his twenties. But he's kind of fallen for this high school girl in the process, uh, played by uh, Charisma Carpenter, uh, Cordelia Chase, and leads to one of the most awkward kissing scenes. It's <laughs> so fantastically written. I mean, he he just nothing goes right for him, and he's just kind of he's just kind of a goof. And then they bring him back in Angel because talking about main characters that can die, they bring in the the initial crew is basically Cordelia Chase and Angel, who originally in the in the Buffy show, and they bring in uh, Doyle, who is kind of the third new guy, and then they make the Angel investigations, and halfway through the first season, Doyle dies. And they do not hesitate to just freaking kill people. Doyle rules. Oh, and unfortunately, he died in a, a, a motorcycle accident. Not, but like just after that happened, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, so, but they brought in Wesley kind of as the replacement, and he starts as that kind of doof again. But through the process, by the end of the final season of of Angel, he's. Uh, had his throat slashed and lost his friends and it, just anything bad, uh, lost the love of his life, anything bad that could possibly happen to him has happened to him. And he's gone from that doof that don't put him in a fight, he's just going to get in the way, to you better stay out of his way, he will kill you. And that kind of a serious, but still scholarly, Oh, it's so fantastic. And just seeing that gradual change and how they do it. And all the characters, maybe not to the same degree that he had, but all the characters make that these life changes and you see it through the show in a way I haven't seen replicated anywhere else. And that, like you said, that one, one was good enough to have a spinoff, uh, but two between those two lasted so many seasons like you don't see even even the popular shows 
Like this, like when we look at these Seinfeld that lasted eight seasons, nine seasons, something like that. Yeah, it's hard to see shows that last into the double digits of seasons between one or or the other, right? You know, yeah. So then, you yeah. know, a combination between the two was double digits, and yeah, it's like Supernatural was fourteen and so going. So you just don't see that too much. No. In, Modern or current TV, Simpsons. This is an outlier, and it's and it, you know it's a lot of the a lot of the actors and actresses in the shows haven't really found the same kind of success that they had in the Buffy series. Sarah Michelle Gellar has been in some stuff here and there, but you don't see a lot out of her, which kind of makes me a little sad because I always liked her. Uh, Nicholas Brendan's been in a couple of TV shows here and there, here and, there. Yeah. and I, I was lucky enough to meet him last year very briefly, and he was very nice. Um, um, David Boreanaz is in Bones. Bones. Yeah, that just finished up, I think. With uh, Chanel. Yeah. That was a solid Emily. show. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Allison Hannigan was on How I Met Your Mother. That's true. Seth Green. You know, and yeah, he's he's constantly busy. I mean, just there are tons. Uh, Danny Danny uh, Danny Strong actually is responsible for a really popular show right now. I'm trying to remember what uh, what the name of that show is. I'm spacing it. Danny. He. Uh, oh yeah, um, Empire. Danny boy. So he he's behind Empire. Um, you know, he was an actor in the show, but he's he's a, a writer for Empire, and that's that's like one awards kind of level. Awards, yep. Yeah. So I mean, these these people are all so talented, and and you know, obviously there are other things in the news that are somewhat tarnishing that to a certain. But you know, that happens to a lot of things over time. Can't always exist in a vacuum, unfortunately. So. We have talked about a few TV shows. You know, between the two of us, we've mentioned, we list, we're at a loft 10 each, we mentioned some extras, mentioned some tie-offs on some, hey, this show and this show. So we, we, we've spit out names of like 40, 50 different TV shows over the conversation today. So hopefully people have some type of agreements with us. Hopefully, they have some strong disagreements with us as well. Certainly. Um, the idea on that is that, like we've discussed in the past, so that we can have people talking, um, have the discussion, and find a way, you know, maybe on the website, throw us a little feedback, see what you think. We're going to get the old... The old Twitter machines and the Facebook machines, the book faces yep. up and moving too, and that'll give us a little feedback uh, tool based on some of the podcasts that we go. Like, do you agree? Do you disagree? So this is always one of those fun little. Did we did, like? Did we challenge you? Absolutely. Did we recognize these things. Did we talk to you? Did we talk up any of these good enough that hey, you know what? I might hop on Netflix or some other streaming service and go check out some of these TV shows that they say are pretty good. Well, currently on the website, we do have a forum where you can discuss anything that's already in the episodes and leave suggestions for ideas for other episodes. Like he said, we are going to be having both the Facebook and the Twitter attached to the page. We're in the process of getting our esteemed web designer to uh, plug those in and and get them going. And, uh, and we will definitely be 
keeping you apprised we, uh, of further episodes, and we're going you're going to know more in advance of uh, what's going to be coming. And we have some very interesting interviews lined up that will hopefully be materializing over the course of the next couple of months that will uh, take you to talk to writers, to talk to artists, to talk to business owners, to talk to designers. We've got uh, an eclectic range of uh, of people, even an actor or two. Yeah, something that you haven't got a chance to think about maybe, right? You know, if we can ask the right questions or... uh get a little bit behind the scenes on some stuff that you guys have some exposure or experience to like, Oh, that's a great listen to. Uh, we hope that that's what you're enjoying. And yes, we will continue to call Twitter the Twitter and we will continue to call Facebook, you know, book face or the Facebooks, um, or the source of all evil, the source of all evil. Um, but, uh, that is going to be a good tool for feedback. We're going to throw up some fun little uh, polls on the Twitter machines, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Right about the time that this is going to be up, we want to know what your top five movies are going to be, and we're going to put, uh, put that up there for you to decide. And also, do you want us to review a certain movie? Hey, maybe we'll go to the movie theater and check that one out, too. Absolutely. But for now, some awesome TV shows. Uh, give us some feedback on what you guys think. Uh, did we leave something out? Of course we did. We totally ignored a whole million TV shows. Uh, but for now, that is the end of our conversation.